everyone, and welcome to Game Over, episode number four. Your regular hosts are myself, Joseph Kim, and the young gun, Arthur Chusoff. Today, we'll be covering a bunch of different news, including from Reuters and the Economic Times, uh, China to curb gaming spend, and as a result, Tencent and NetEase share prices have plunged. After that, we'll also talk about Chinese regulator, the regulator that actually put those gaming spend curbs in place to, quote, earnestly study public concerns, given all the backlash that they had. Uh, next article is Take-Two bet $12 billion on Zynga, just as mobile games tumbled by Bloomberg. Next, how Valorant Mobile has a potential to upset the mobile gaming market. Uh, from Sports Rush, from VentureBeat, we have Insomniac Games suffers major leak of 1.3 million files and full game slate. Next, we have Steam Winter Sales slashing 60% off on some games. Next, uh, loyal PlayStation users can earn free store credit, followed by Fallout 3 Game of the Year is free just for today. And finally, more layoffs at Sony, including Insomniac. Uh, Arthur, you've got a little bit of a different background. Where, where are you these days? Uh, well, I'm currently just visiting family out here in Nashville for the holidays. Uh, that's nice. pretty much it. We've got the, the whole bloodline gathered here today for Christmas and New Year's. Sweet. Uh, pretty excited for that. How about you? I am still here in Santa Clara. I won't be going back to India until March. But man, you know, jet lag hit me super late. I basically wasn't able to sleep much at all the night before last and then last night i went to sleep at 5 p.m got up at 11 and i've just been up so i'm i'm very tired but we'll we'll power through this arthur <laughs> same uh, i only suffered a couple of hours i went to sleep at 3 a.m and i woke up to uh, my brother finally coming home at 5 a.m so uh, uh i didn't not sleep much <laughs> it's currently 10 p.m right now i am ready to crash after this podcast <laughs> all right let's let's just start rolling then uh arthur you want to take a take it away with the top steam charts yeah, of course. We can you know, start off with what's crashing right now in the uh, Steam charts is that is PUBG backgrounds actually fell eight spots to number eight. It's uh, trailing ahead of Grand Bull Fantasy versus Rising, which is a brand new game that just came out. Number nine spot in terms of revenue. I've actually never played this, but I heard it's very popular in Asian markets. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if this is something that's come on your radar. And then actually, right or not, just jumped 46 places up to the number 10 spot. Um, and I have some personal experience with this from the games I've been playing a lot as well because they just released their 1.0 update and it's been doing fantastically well in the revenue chart. But what is also doing well is the sequel to House Flipper 1. House Flipper 2 has come out. And I'm going a bit not in order right now, but it's number 7 place and it's doing pretty well for everyone that has OCD. House Flipper 2 has got you covered and is doing extremely successful for its initial release despite the lack of marketing. Dota 2, with some latest updates, I believe, has climbed 37 places to number 6, trailing right behind the brand new release of The Finals, um, the latest free-to-play uh, competitive game to hit the shelves, quote-unquote, digital shelves of everyone's uh, PC, uh, number 5 spot, with Baldur's Gate actually climbing back up to number 4 by 2 spots, with Call of Duty 3, Call of Duty, sorry, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, that's a jet lag coming in. Model for three coming in at third with five spots climb. However, Lethal Company still holds really strong at number two with Counter-Strike 2, despite the controversy, is at number one and holding pretty steady in terms of revenue sales. What's the controversy? I, I haven't heard uh, about it. A lot of people think 
I mean, it's, a lot of people believe, uh, and also just straight up see the Counter Strike Two seems to be like a copy and paste of Counter Strike Global Offensive. Like it didn't need yeah. to be released as a separate new game. And while it's released free, the problem is it actually came up with a whole slew of bugs that have been persistent. And like we're talking about game breaking bugs that have ruined the competitive scene for the first initial couple of weeks. It's getting better now, but a lot of people still don't know why. Um, it had to be released as a separate game. Why not just update Counter-Strike Global Offensive to Source 2? And then the other side is saying, why didn't they just take the time to make it look different compared mm-hmm. to Counter-Strike Global Offensive? So it's more so like just the Call of Duty treatment. Like it just seems rehashed to them, to the main sure. audience. But it does look a lot better. <laughs> it does look um, way better and has got some cool gameplay techniques. Like Smoke is definitely upgrading things to the Source yeah. 2 engine. Yep. All right, well, moving on then to mobile worldwide charts, and I'll go in order 1 through 10, starting with the first in terms of downloads. So Netflix actually did a deal recently, which we reported on, uh, to to publish the a GTA trilogy. And one of those games, GTA San Andreas, has hit number one in downloads on the mobile charts, followed by Subway Surfers at number two, which is usually up there in the downloads charts always. Third is a game called Ice Cream 8 Final Chapter. It's This is kind of a weird game. It's a narrative-based kind of puzzle game. I was, I was surprised that I actually got this high, but seems to be doing well. Uh, Free Fire is at number four. Block Blast Adventure Master, number five. Roblox, which is typically in the top ten in downloads, number six. Spider Fighting Rope Game has dropped one spot to be number seven. <laughs> I hope that game keeps dropping. Real Car Driving Race City 3D. At number eight, Race Master, number nine, and Football League 2023 at number 10. And just to quickly go over top 10 in terms of revenue, we have Roll Match at number one, Monopoly Go, number two, Roblox, number three, Candy Crush Saga, number four, Coin Master, five, Lineage Mobile, six, Clash of Clans, seven, Call of Duty Mobile, eight, Honor of Kings, nine, and Garden Scapes by Playrix at number 10. So anyway, I, I just do want to say that I, I do feel like from week to week when I look at the top 10 downloaded charts, it does seem like there are a number of games that are able to hit the charts, but it's strange because the behavior that I see is that there's like a huge influx of downloads on on Google Play, but almost, you know, it's very, very much lower on the iOS side. So whether it's games like Star- Spider Fighting Rope Game or even <laughs> Ice Cream 8, it really does, you know, make you wonder if, if it's all legit or not. But uh, anyway, they're, they're hitting the charts and they figured out some way to, to get those downloads, at least on the Android side. So I definitely ate my own words with what I said last week. I'm actually very surprised Netflix's uh, platform is taking off that much of a jump to number one on downloads for mobile. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, in the U.S. they've got one of the other titles in the top 10 in downloads as well. But yeah, it seems like certainly there's a lot of love for Grand Theft Auto by a Western audience for sure. 100%. Okay, so let's get right to news, uh, I think both of us are really tired and want to get sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the first article by Economic Times: China to curb gaming spend, Tencent net ease plunge. And mm-hmm. this is actually something that I've heard in the game development industry being discussed a lot. But last 
Friday, a number of new rules that make spending for online games a lot more difficult was announced for the China market. And the rules were so stringent, it basically caused a panic from investors. And Tencent and NetEase are the top two biggest gaming companies from China. And at one point, Tencent dropped by 16% and NetEase dropped by as much as 25% after the Chinese agency, which is called the National Press and Publication Administration, published all these new rules. So that's like... $80 billion in market capitalization for both companies. So it's quite a lot. And so you can see that the the impact of this news has been pretty significant. And just kind of following up and doing a little bit more investigation on this news topic, there is a reporter from Reuters named Josh Shea, and he tweeted recently what specifically the Chinese government has been trying to curb. And so first, they set spending limits for all online games, as well as banning daily login rewards. They also will require online game approvals to be processed by regulars within 60 days. That's not as big of an impact. Uh, Chinese regulars also will ban live streaming of heavy tipping within games. So streaming is going to be impacted. And then they will also ban online games from offering probability-based luck draw features to minors. So... I assume that means any kind of gotcha mechanic is going to be off limits for miners. And finally, the Chinese regulators are requiring game publishers to store all of their servers within China. And I know that for some countries like India, that's a complete non-starter. If you have your servers in China, I think the Indian government is going to have a problem with that. Um, Although I know we in the US are a lot more lenient when it comes to kind of regulations or um, preventing access to Chinese uh, mobile apps here. Now, the next article, which is related to this one, is basically uh, about, um, it's called China Regulator to Earnestly Study Public Concerns Over Draft Video Gaming Rules. And this one is just in response to essentially a really massive outcry following the draft rules with the video game limits in China. That same a regulatory body that I mentioned, the NPPA, uh, has announced that they're going to improve the rules after earnestly studying public views. So this likely means that I do think some of the curbs on spending will likely get rolled back, at least to some degree. But I would say, generally speaking, the Chinese government has had a very negative perspective on video games. I think it mm-hmm. seems like they believe it ruins kids' education and is just bad for them in general. So anyway, the MPPA did announce they're going to seek public comment until January 22nd of next year. So we can likely expect some rollback after another month or two. I don't know how much you've been hearing about this, Arthur, but amongst you know us old guys in the game dev community, this has been talked about a lot. Uh, what, what about from you and your friends? Does, does this matter at all? Actually, it does. And it started out earlier with it affecting Roblox in China because uh, when Roblox expanded out of China, it was a huge market for every developer, of course. It's a larger mm-hmm. population. Roblox is this popular app, as you just discussed with early on with your uh, top downloads and revenue chart. Uh, China was – the government was being really strict with what kind of games we could have. Uh, my friends that work in Fan Forces, you know, they had to remove a lot of stuff that made a first-person shooter a shooter. <laughs> 
Um, you know, the classic, you can't have skeletons or bones in the game to blood completely gone. Fine, fine, fine. But some stuff you can't even just depict like full on violence and that disrupts a lot of games. Um, so definitely it didn't like ruin, uh, the industry on Roblox overall itself. It just destroyed a lot of potential that could have been for majority of the popular games on the platform. Um, but seeing this being um, stretched out to bigger games, especially to big dogs like Tencent, um, everyone's been talking about it. It's like, oh, is, is gaming banned in China? That's the that's the big thing I've been hearing about at every uh, dive bar I go to. Mm. Okay. Well, um, in even more kind of bad news for the gaming industry, so Bloomberg is reporting on the aftermath of Take-Two's Zynga acquisition in an article titled, Take-Two Bet $12 billion on Zynga Just As Mobile Games Tumbled. And that, new, that title is fairly accurate. So essentially, Take-Two acquired Zynga for about $12 billion, and that may have been the single worst acquisition in the history of video games. And since oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, since that acquisition in May of 2022, Zynga has been declining significantly from a revenue pr- perspective. In fact, um, Bloomberg reported that Zynga's top five games have dropped by 23% since that time. Further, their new games pipeline is also down significantly, having averaged about seven new game title releases a year over the past decade. But in 2023, Zynga launched only three titles. So earlier this year in May, Take-Two also recorded a $465 million impairment charge related to the declining performance of the Zynga mobile title. So they're, you know, they're, they're basically admitting that it, there's, there's a problem with the Zynga acquisition. Um, and basically some commentary from me. I actually recorded a number of podcasts pretty critical of the Zynga acquisition in the past. And I do think that anyone who really had a good understanding of the mobile gaming industry knew that the acquisition actually didn't make any sense. And for our audience, if you're listening, I'll give you some context on this. So first of all, you know, after its early start where they were able to create early games, uh, kind of new games, um, they weren't actually able to successfully make any new games internally for a long time. So virtually all of Zynga's growth was from acquisitions. And after about a five-year or so run of some very successful M&A activities, essentially the M&A bandwagon came to a halt after all of the attractive targets had already been taken out. And then there was the end of ZERP, which then made financing and things very difficult. So essentially, you were looking at a company that had their most their main growth strategy, but basically just completely blown up. And at that time, when Take Two acquired Zynga, Zynga was actually just desperately seeking a new growth strategy. And so, whether it's um, acquisitions to try to combat IDFA deprecation or just for overall growth, um, they started to buy companies like Chartboost and Rollick which didn't quite make sense with Zynga. Um, and it also bought companies like Extra trying to expand outside of mobile into HD games. And so just by looking at their M&A activity, you can tell that Zynga was really trying, 
well, well, they were struggling and they were trying to figure out how to continue to grow. So the Take-Two acquisition basically really saved the company and Zynga shareholders. And even more recently, Zynga continues to struggle with new game development. It's been a recurring theme for the past five, 10 years. And according to the Bloomberg article that I cited, there's they've been working on, on Star Wars Hunters, which is kind of a new MOBA game. And it's been in development since 2018 with a team about 150 people. So this is a team more akin to an HD game team or, you know, basically PC or console game team. And while the company is suggesting that this game is doing well with the scheduled release in 2024, the word on the street, so kind of the rumors that old guys like me in the game dev industry are hearing is that there may be a good chance that that game is actually canceled. So while I'd like to keep things positive and optimistic here, uh, I think realistically, Take-Two should realize that in order to make the best of their situation, there it's probably going to require a pretty structural change at Zynga. And in the ideal scenario, they just never would have done that acquisition at that point in time. They would have waited for Zynga to... Uh, to, to basically slow down, to then cut burn, and to kind of right the ship before they came in and tried to acquire the company. But I don't know. What do you think, Arthur? Do you uh, do do you, you care much about Zynga, or you know, do a lot of your friends play play much in terms of Zynga mobile games? Uh, I mean, the occasional Farmville and <laughs> uh, Woodsboro friends, but uh, it, we don't usually play it that much because. Mm-hmm. I guess we play a lot during the pandemic, um, much like any other indie games. Like you have Roblox, it's accessible, yeah. it's on mobile. You play with your friends. The same situation yeah. was for Zynga's games. And you know, this article you read also mentions that ten percent of the population, according to Take Two, plays Zynga games. So I really don't doubt that because they're popular in the pandemic. But like nowadays, uh, I think the last time I played a Zynga game was during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, how about you? Yeah, have you been playing them uh, recently at all? No, not at all. Not at all. I think that the game that I've been started playing now that I'm back in the U.S. has been Wild Rift, which is the Riot game that's essentially the mobile version of League of Legends. And that that game is extremely well done, but you know it actually doesn't do that well in the West or in the U.S. specifically. It does okay, but it really shines in China, where it's making a, a ton of money and regularly in the top ten revenue charts over there. Right. It's just, I think, you know, Zynga, when you first think of it, of course, the first thought that comes to my head is Farmville. I'm sure that mm-hmm. comes to everyone's head. And the idea is like Zynga is like games for non-gamers. Right. And, you know, we had a supplemental break during the pandemic. We're like, okay, maybe I do want to try out uh, Zynga games for a bit because they were a cool small distraction. But nowadays, as the game industry is growing, uh, more of these non-gamers are starting to not exist and just become gamers i guess overall games that we knew back then is now just becoming commonplace much like zynga games were back in the facebook days in terms of like gaming like people upgraded people grew up they're like i'm just i'm gonna play games now like actual games yeah so maybe the outlook or the perspective from guys your age and uh maybe not that good all right well the next article I wanted to talk about is from a publication called Sports Rush, and they were reporting that Valorant Mobile has the potential to upset the mobile gaming market. 
Now that's and, something we play. <laughs> and you know that there really wasn't much to this article besides that that they expect the game to launch by end of 24, that they're excited about it, and that it's being developed by Tencent in partnership with Riot. But just some inside information or basic word on their street. And so just take it for what you will, but rumors only. But it has been rumored that there's been one or two restarts to Valorant Mobile, meaning it's likely has been pretty challenging to make. And as somebody who's also working on a shooter game, I just also agree, or not agree, but I, I would submit to the audience that making a tactical shooter on mobile is very tricky based upon the limitations of the device and platform and all that kind of stuff. So I do think like pulling Valorant off will be difficult. Now, Apex Legends mobile also implemented a Valorant style kind of game mode. I think it was called Hack. I'm, I don't remember exactly, but yes, yes. the last, last I checked, they removed that game mode. So I'm not exactly sure if this is a kind of game mode in on mobile that, that works or not. And if you look at the, the most successful, at least in the West, the most successful subgenres under shooter have generally been either Team Deathmatch or Battle Royale. That's the vast majority in the market. And so I do think uh, while other game modes may be viable, we ha just haven't seen them yet or seen them have much success, at least on the mobile side. Um, so given that, I guess, unlike the authors of the news article, I'm more skeptical about Valorant, Valorant Mobile and whether it'll launch next year or not. And just to be clear, I am a very huge Riot fan. As, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the, the main game I'm playing on mobile is Wild Rift. But uh, I, I think that it's going to be, again, very difficult to pull off a comp compelling tactical shooter. Who knows? Maybe it works. Maybe it, there's a scenario in which it might also just be more like Wild Rift, where it succeeds in China, but is flat or not that big in the West. But overall, I would trust Riot to ensure that the game is absolutely great in order to launch, which is kind of why I'm a bit skeptical whether they will launch or not. And that, that's a good thing because it just shows you how much Riot cares about their players and game experience and that sort of thing. But what about you, Arthur? Do, do you think Valorant Mobile would be a fun game? Do you even play shooters much on mobile what what do you what do you think the thing about valorant is like it's an esport game you want the best of the best self to be focused right into the game mm -hmm. like i my friend has an esports club back at his university and they don't allow laptops at all because it's not as a not as stable not as like accessible easygoing pinpointing especially like the trackpad and whatnot when you're playing esports games like valorant you want to be like ready you want to be out accessorized like you don't want to be tapping on your phone i just can't imagine like especially the screen real estate like i think it's gonna be a lack of standard because there's so many different phones like androids and whatnot so i wonder how they're gonna like work around that because computers are computers like if you have a bigger monitor you're just gonna have an aspect ratio adjusted for it whatever big deal i'm curious how they're gonna do it for phones especially android but more so curious like it's not the game itself they have to worry about. It's like the the audience. Like these games are successful because they're treated as sports, as esports. 
I don't really know if people will create a whole subgenre of Valorant esports for the mobile market, let alone if there'll be anyone in that, that esport category already playing uh, on mobile. I know Call of Duty Mobile, like Warzone, Warzone especially is very, very popular in mobile devices, but it's not popular for competitive reasons, just for casual, fun recreation. Right. So I'm curious how Valorant is going to pull this off because you go on Valorant for the esports competitive nature of it. Yeah, so like, I, act, I, I don't think you can really pull off competitive gameplay on mobile. And in fact, I think that uh, the, the people who still believe that are going to not going to do well. Uh, mobile is more about progression and systems. Yeah. And so I do think while you like to your point, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that while you can create a bit of a fun experience, uh, if the audience is intended to be competitive or if they can't quite reach that, that, that would be a little bit of a mismatch in terms of the game being delivered. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope they launch a game next year. I hope it's successful, but uh, I do think it's it's going to be a very tricky problem, and we'll we'll see how they do. Uh, but yeah, competitive, not not yes. the way to go. <laughs> it's why I mentioned earlier. Like, if you're playing this competitive game, you want the most competitive tools. That's why my friend's club doesn't even allow laptops. You gotta have a full on desktop PC, like this uh, Steel Series keyboard, is Razor mouse, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff with the uh, keybind. So I'm, I'm just very yeah. curious. Like, is this just going to create another? Valorant esports space, or is it going to be in the same realm? We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So, one other article for me VentureBeat is reporting that Insomniac Games, basically the developers of the really great Spider Man, Spider Man 2 game, unfortunately got hacked and suffered a major leak of 1.3 million files and essentially leaked its full game slate. And the Cyber Daily, I think, first reported on this that a ransomware game called uh, Ricita released six point released one point six seven terabytes and one point three million files through this hack. The ransomware group basically demanded fifty bitcoin or roughly about two million dollars for the files. And the leaked files included things like level designs, character art, internal company pre- presentations, and also included information on the un- announced Insomniac games. And so some of the new titles leaked include a Wolverine game, which sounds really cool to me, a third Spider-Man game, and basically a game based on Venom and a new Ratchet and Clank title as well. So one thing I I just realized is that with all the hacks that have been happening recently, and I I think the the other huge hack was Axie Infinity back back in the day. I mean, that, that cost those guys a lot of money. But at this point, I believe that almost any game studio could be hacked if a ransomware group were just invested enough or pissed off enough to try and go after them. And given that it's so easy to be hacked, I do think that we're going to see that and the fact that a lot of game studios don't take cybersecurity that seriously. I expect to see more hacks and leaks of this nature continue and we'll continue to see that until there is a dramatic improvement in terms of cybersecurity, which I'm not super hopeful for, but I do wish will, will, would, would happen so that uh, more game developers could be safe. Right. Have you ever been hacked, Arthur? Of course, multiple times uh, since elementary school. <laughs> uh, 
my biggest tip for everyone out there is like, if you don't view yourself as like a person that might be hacked, like, oh, I'm not that famous. I'm not that popular enough. Two things for that. One, it doesn't matter. It just means you're an easier victim that probably has some good money identification, whatever. But two, you never know when someday you might become famous or popular to where your previous trail on the internet will catch up to you in the worst way possible. That's exactly what happened to me. Keep your privacy importantly safe and your passwords not the same for every website. Yeah, when I I was I used to work at NBC Universal and I remember that they had an internal IT security department and that department basically hacked me three times. And they they, <laughs> they they told me the trick after each time, but it's like, yeah, you got to be careful like the moment you click on a link even in some of these cases you're you're basically hacked. So it is pretty dangerous, and I hope people are more aware and more game studios take cybersecurity more seriously. Um, there was this uh, meme I actually just saw on Twitter recently where a company sent out like an email that was in the end disguised for to be like ransomware malware saying, hey, if you want a free end of the year Christmas bonus, click this uh, link and just fill out your information. And apparently it was just a, uh, a cybersecurity drill and it pissed off mm-hmm. all the employees saying, wait a second. We failed because uh, we quote unquote got hacked. It wasn't an actual Christmas bonus, and they never got anything in the end. So, something I saw recently. But um, yeah, you done uh, another yeah. side regarding hacking because I got something uh, related to that actually. Okay, um, right. which is uh, from my backlog. I thought I'd bring it in right now. Um, if we remember, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how Grand Theft Six was announced, right? Yeah. A year ago, prior to the announcement of Grand Theft Auto 6, there was a lot of release footage and demo gameplay of the game's technical build. And that one hacker who released the documents, the same guy who penetrated – actually, not even a guy. It was a teenager who penetrated Uber as well through uh, social engineering um, recently this week has been sentenced to an indefinite hospital stay, um, blaming his uh, mental illness for the reason why – he uh, hacked Rockstar and leaked Grand Theft 6. Um, and this is under the order from both NVIDIA and Rockstar Games as it costed them, including Uber, $10 million in damages, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> he actually used his uh, hotel's uh, Amazon Fire Stick to continue downloading hacking files from Rockstar, which is crazy. Um but yeah, he stopped now. He's all good. Uh, you know, Rockstar is all good and he recovered ever since. Um, but what's not recovering right now is actually how you mentioned earlier that Insomniac recently got hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a rumor, according to um, Insider Gaming, that at Sony, there was a leaked document saying that there's going to be a bunch of layoffs. According to the article, 50 to 75 people might be laid off, specifically from their Ratchet and Clank uh, IP. Um, and they plan on closing down one studio. And of course, uh, this is to help support that leaked Wolverine um, game that you mentioned earlier alongside Spider-Man 3. Um, and there might be a potential theory that Insomniac Games might be the studio that Sony has unofficially planned to close later next year. Um there's no comments from Insomniac Games or Sony after this leak came out. They're having a bad day right now. Um, there's one thing you've been hacking saying, here's uh, all your projects you've been working on secret 
out in public. But now here's like, oh, sorry, um, you might be getting fired too, which kind of sucks wow. yeah. um, to hear. Yeah. I mean, that's um, a little is, hard to yeah. a little hard to believe just given how well Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 have done. But I do know yeah. that there have been a lot of layoffs, a lot of closures in the game industry overall. So hopefully that that's just a rumor, not not true, but we'll see. Yeah, we recently had the you know the Unity layoffs and the uh, Embracer Group layoffs, like Three mm-hmm. Realms, um, yeah. which been a classic studio, been around forever. Uh, but there's no like official news from it. But it's like a leaked document suggesting one studio will be might be closed, and fifty seventy five people, especially from Insomniac, might be laid off to make way budget wise for Ratchet and Clank, Wolverine, and Spider Man Three. Um, but enough of the sad bad news of being hacked. Um, the good news of hacking is how Steam is hacking a lot of games 60% off for the largest news this week for gaming is that the Steam winter sale is currently on. According to The Verge, a lot of those games, especially your favorite ones, are 60% off, such as Diablo 4, uh, more Combat, like 35 bucks off, Dead in Space, the remake is 36 bucks off. Um, I believe the winter sale ends January 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And there's over a 1,000 tiles that are currently on sale, especially recently released AAA games this past year. So if you are watching or hearing our uh, podcast right now, how do you recommend go out on Steam and buy some great uh, games? Because uh, Game of the Year games such as Baldur's Gate 3, whopping six bucks off, but that's still a lot. Cyberpunk is half off. There's some awesome deals. People... On the internet, have been saying, especially on Twitter, that this might be the best Steam winter sale they have done yet. However, if you're not a Steam user and you're a loyal PlayStation user, according to GamingBible.com, um, PlayStation's loyalty program is giving those members a chance to earn free store credit by playing through a small selection of games this month. So it's a new PlayStation Stars campaign. Have you heard of, ever heard of PlayStation's, PlayStation Stars? I have not. So apparently you can, um, if you're a PlayStation Plus member especially, you can earn up to 50 bonus points on PlayStation Stars by redeeming and playing a small selection of games. And you can use these points to get discounts and even free games on the market. And one of these games you have to play is LEGO 2K Drives. And it's a brand new release. So I believe this is just a really good uh, way to market these games and allow people to play, but it's a wonderful way for anyone to enjoy and get games for free on PlayStation. Are you a PlayStation guy at all? Yeah, I know you're I've a got, Sega guy. I got, I got a four and a five, and I've got an Xbox One here as well. Uh, but I uh, also have a PC here, Animax. So I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty ready to game. Uh, I've got my Nintendo DSs and. PSP as well. So like the only system I don't have, we also, we also have a Nintendo is like, I don't have the steam deck, but I'm, oh, I'm, starting, I I'm starting to look at that and I'm, I'm starting to get tempted about maybe, maybe I should get that. I actually really like the steam deck it is generally just a portable uh, PC with you at all times. Worst mm-hmm. case is that it dies in three hours, but that's better than most gaming laptops. Not going to lie. Um, just plug in. You can play anywhere. It's really awesome. It's a Linux, okay. so you can customize as much as you want. Um, I recently replaced my Dell XPS gaming laptop with just a MacBook because at this point, when I'm on the go, I can just use my Steam Deck. Highly recommend it. It's actually on sale as well alongside the Oculus with the uh, Steam Winter Sale too, which is pretty awesome. You, you play okay. Steam too, right? Yeah. 
Uh, I do play Steam games, but what what's your top three? What what should what should people in the audience look to buy this uh, this during the sale? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, Cyberpunk, you have to check out the new DLC. Fan Liberty is also half off. Definitely go for it. Dead Space, the remake that came out this year, is fantastic. If you play the original Dead Space, you're going to love it even way more. But if you haven't, you're going to be in for a great scare of sci-fi horror. It's awesome. Those are the first two things that come to my mind. Um, Hades is also on sale for, uh, I believe, also half off too. If you like roguelike, great indie game um, made by a small group of people. It's fantastic. Especially like Greek mythology, you're gonna love it. Those are some top three games I recommend right now to get on Steam sale. Nice. All right. You plan on getting any games yourself from the Steam sale? Uh, I'm maybe I'll check if the Steam Deck is also on sale. Maybe I'll check that out. But yeah. definitely, definitely. Well, um, how about Epic Games though? You play on that platform much? I try to go to Epic Games Store first, just because I'm a fan of Tim Sweeney. So, it, you know, if it's not on Epic Games, then I'll jump over and see if it's on Steam. But I, I do know that I'm I'm in the minority. Like a lot of people just would prefer to go to Steam directly. But yeah, not me. Well, I got some lucky news for you, especially if you're a fan of Bethesda. Actually starting only today. So you only got a couple of hours. So you probably do after this episode. Um, Fallout 3, Game of the Year Edition is actually free right now on Epic okay. Games. So if you log in today... Go to the marketplace. You can download Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition with all the DLC and content for free right now. You got a few couple hours left, depending on your time zone. Um, this news was brought to you by from Neon. I didn't even know about this um, until I came across this article. So hopefully we release this episode in time. People get their free copy of Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's pretty much it all for my side. We just got some good deals. Um, free games so enjoy the holidays with these specials and uh, of course free games on playstation on epic games as well yeah um and then is there anything you're playing oh yeah absolutely so i mentioned earlier this episode that ready or not recently came out with their 1.0 update so it's fully released came out a couple weeks ago and just finally climbed the top 10 charts and steam by 46 places alone this week um, I've been playing that massively this entire week, and it has been a fantastic experience for people that grew up with like the SWAT series on uh, PC with your mm-hmm. ROM uh, computer. It's a great spiritual success- successor. The multiplayer is fun. It's great combat. It's uh, it's a great communication based teamwork game. And it's one of those games where you will die a lot in the beginning. But you eventually get good at it to where it is so satisfying to see not even the mission complete screen where no one dies, but uh, seeing that S plus ranking is a fantastic game with a really brilliant AI design. Probably one of the smartest, cleverest, and hardest AI I've encountered in gaming. Definitely recommend Ready or Not. Not sure if it's on sale because it just came out, like I said, fully a couple weeks ago. Got it. How about yeah, you, though? What you've been playing? Uh, I like I said, mainly Wild Rift, and then I think I'm gonna try and buy a co-op game. I don't know if you have any suggestions, but something basically to play with my family. I've been looking at either Diablo Four or Divinity Original Sin Number Two, or I think there's that Warhammer game that's that's co-op. But yeah, I, so I haven't started playing that, but I, I do plan on maybe getting that. 
tomorrow or something well, like that. Well, uh, Diablo, Diablo 4 is 28 bucks off sale right now on Steam if you want to play that with your friends. Uh, Ready or Not is a co-op game, but I kind of okay. recommend it for your family. It's a sure. it's a brutal cop atmosphere game, but I mean, like, okay. if you ignore the map details, it's actually a really fun game, but your okay. kids might rage at it like I did when I first played it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Ready or Not. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does that take us to the end here, Arthur? Do we have, do we got anything else to talk about? I think the last thing we got to talk about is that hope everyone that's watching, hearing us right now, have a happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially this Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays to everyone. And I think for you and me, Arthur, we should probably get to sleep. Good night, man. <laughs> uh, you too. Have a good night, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're excited to bring you more content in the future, especially going into this new year. Awesome. All right. Bye, everybody.